Good morning. Welcome this 10th Sunday after Pentecost to Queen Anne Lutheran Church. Whether you've been a member for a long time, are a first-time visitor, or somewhere in between, I'm glad to see each of you here. A few things to share before we begin. First, as always, as a gift to yourself and your neighbor, and I invite you to silence your phones. Next, we continue to observe COVID precautions, so please be sure to use sanitizer if you wish to take communion at the front. We also have masks, etc., outside on the narthex table. Let us take a moment now to prepare ourselves for worship. Last week, we covered the topic of evil, how to recognize it and what we as a faith community can do about it. Today, we turn to a much lighter topic, compassion, the kind that comes with the breaking of bread and sharing it so that no one goes hungry. Our gathering hymn, number 522, as we gather at your table is in the red hymnal. Please rise as you are able.
Our service begins on page two with the apostolic greeting. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Glorious God, your generosity overflows upon the world with goodness, and you cover creation with abundance. Awaken in us a hunger for the food that satisfies both body and spirit, and with this food fill all in this starving world. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Please be seated.
The first reading is from Isaiah, the 55th chapter. God invites Israel to a great feast at which both food and drink are free. God also promises to make an everlasting covenant with all peoples, with promises that previously have been limited to Israel. As David was a witness to the nations, these nations shall now acknowledge the ways in which God has glorified Israel. A reading from the book of Isaiah. Ho, oh, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that do not know you shall run to you. Because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. The second reading is from the ninth chapter of Romans. This begins a new section in Paul's letter in which he will deal with the place of Israel in God's saving plan. He opens by highlighting how Israel's heritage and legacy include being God's children, having God's covenants, being given God's law, participating in worship of God, and receiving divine promises. A reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. I am speaking the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience confirms by the, by the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my own people my kindred according to the flesh. They are Israelites, and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, and the promises. To them belong the patriarchs, and from them, according to the flesh, comes the Messiah, who is over all, God-blessed forever. Amen. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 14th chapter. Now when Jesus heard about the beheading of John the Baptist, he withdrew from there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowds heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. 
When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them and cured the sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, They need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, We have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, Bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. And all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, twelve baskets full. And those who ate were about five thousand men, besides women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Grace this morning and peace to you from God the Creator and from our Lord and Savior Jesus, who is the healer, the Christ, and the compassionate one. Amen. Today's message is offered in a spirit of lightheartedness. So, what I mean by that is, I hope you laugh at my jokes. <laughs> the title of our message is Feed the 5,000. In life, there are many big questions. Questions that have perplexed and fascinated the philosophical mind for centuries. Who or what is God? Does God exist? How did the world come into being? Where do babies come from? One laugh, that's great. We'll start there and build. <laughs> and most importantly, most importantly, what does a pastor actually do when he's not preaching or leading worship on Sunday morning? Thank you. Now, the answer to this question depends on the pastor's call. In my case, for instance, much of my work as pastor, that is, of an educated, affluent, urban congregation, involves writing. This includes everything from foreign descriptions and titles to monthly reports, yearly reports, synodical reports, and of course, your favorite and mine, stewardship letters. I also do a lot of instructing, not just leading forums or Bible study, but training acolytes, assisting assisting ministers, leading confirmation, teaching first communion classes, and providing, as I did recently, baptismal instruction. I also do weddings and funerals. I bless homes. And I regularly engage, as I did yesterday, in pastoral care. Yet of all the tasks I do, of all of them, the one thing that I like most is taking communion to the homebound. Which brings me to a story I'd like to share with you today. 
Recently, I was visiting one of the matriarchs of the congregation at her assisted living facility here in Seattle. After we talked for a while, we began the rite of Holy Communion. We started with the apostolic greeting, just as we do at the beginning of the service taken from the letters of Paul, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. That greeting, as you may recall from a sermon I gave some months back, is meant to establish a relationship between the presider and the parishioners. So we began with the apostolic greeting. We continued with the words of institution, which as you know, are the words of Jesus at the Last Supper. This is my body given for you. In Latin, what you may not know is that uh, the phrase is hoc est corpus meum, which is where skeptics and critics got the abbreviated form hocus pocus to describe what they understood to be the Roman Catholic teaching of transubstantiation. After the words of institution, we continued with the Lord's Prayer, just as we do here in the service, and finally, finally, we received the bread and the wine. I use a communion kit that was given to me by the family of my pastor from growing up. We received the bread and the wine, and then, as we do in a service, I offered what we call our post-communion prayer. So, apostolic reading, words of institution, Lord's Prayer, receiving of uh, the bread and the wine, and the post-communion prayer. Now, because as a pastor I am reckless and wild, because I live on the edge, you might say, of the pulpit, and because, to quote the great British comedian Rowan Atkinson, I laugh at danger, I tweak the nose of terror, and I drop ice cubes down the vest of fear, I decided to change a few words in the post-communion prayer. I also stay up past 9 p.m., which is very, very radical. In a moment, I'm going to tell you what those words were and what I changed. But first, I want to talk with you about Matthew 14, our gospel reading for today. And the reason I do so is to show you how this passage informed the radical change I made at the end of the communion rite. What I love about this passage is the compassion Jesus shows for people. Take a look at verse 14, if you will. When he went ashore, so he's on a mission. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and you might say he let himself be diverted. The text tells us, and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. Again, verse 14, he had compassion for them. Some translations say he was moved by pity. He had compassion for them and cured the sick. Now this verse is easy, very easy, for modern skeptics to dismiss. Here, they might say, we have another example of Jesus the magician, Jesus the wonder worker, Jesus the exorcist, Jesus the doer of fancy tricks. But that reading of this passage I submit is a mistranslation, or rather a misleading translation. 
As I said recently in a cleverly written stewardship letter, take the word cure, for example. That's again in verse 14. It comes from the Greek word therapon, which in English becomes the word therapy. A therapist does not technically cure a disease. She heals people by restoring them to wholeness, in part by mediating the power of acceptance, or what we traditionally call grace. Accordingly, we could translate the passage as follows. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, and he made them whole. He made them whole. I find this translation to be especially important for those of us, all of us perhaps, who have suffered deep loss. The point here is not simply to cure a physical disease. It's to make the person right again with her God, with her community, with herself, and with creation. The same is true when it comes to feeding the 5,000. Biblical literalists have long defended the story as proof Proof that Jesus was the Son of God. Why? Because unlike the prophet Elisha, who came before Jesus and fed a hundred people with 20 loaves of bread, Jesus feeds over 5,000 people with merely five loaves of bread. Ta-da! What a miracle! Yet I think a deeper level, at a deeper level, there is a much greater miracle happening here. A miracle consistent with the kingdom of God Jesus is manifesting. 5,000 people led by the spirit of Jesus and the compassion he demonstrates toward them share what they have and no one goes hungry. Or as the passage concludes, and all ate and were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. That's the greatest miracle of Mark 14, our gospel reading for today. The true miracle of today's story, namely the act of sharing. An act, if we wish to use traditional language, that fundamentally goes against our sin nature. Or an act, if we wish to use contemporary evolutionary biology, an act that goes against our self-interest with regard to survival. Now, I invite you to listen to my version of the post-communion prayer I discussed a moment ago. The original goes like this. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life, and we pray that in your mercy you would strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another for the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. That's the language of the original rite. I want you to notice especially this talk of the gift of life and again through this gift. Here, based on Matthew 14, our gospel reading for today is what I, your radical, revolutionary, rebellious pastor, changed. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this act of sharing. You hear that? Through the healing power of this act of sharing. And we pray that in your mercy you would strengthen us through this act of sharing 
in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. The ancient Greek way of thinking is to focus on things, in this case, the bread and the wine of Holy Communion, as somehow imbued with the uh, presence of God in Christ. The Hebrew way of thinking, however, is to think in terms of relationship and actions. So in this case, the sacramental activity is not simply the bread and the wine, it's the act of sharing that we undergo in the process of celebrating Holy Communion. This morning, I invite you, then with the person I visited, to experience communion differently. Instead of focusing on the bread and wine, I invite you to focus on this holy act of sharing we practice. Inspired by compassion, it's the act of sharing, the miracle of sharing, that continues the work of the kingdom Jesus began. We rehearse this act in worship, which is why you need to be, as you are here today, thanks be to God, in worship, we rehearse this act in worship so that we can live it out in the world beyond these walls. But as is the case with going to the gym or not going to the gym, you'll be stronger if you go to the gym. So we rehearse this act in worship such that we can live it out in the world beyond these walls. The message here in short is this. Share what you have, as many of you are already doing. Give to the less fortunate, as many of you are already doing. Be Christ to your neighbor. That, my friends, is the true miracle of today's story, the miracle we rehearse every Sunday when, to quote our distribution hymn, we break bread together on our knees. Yes, in life there are many big questions, yet perhaps the most important one we answer today how should I live a Christian life? Or how shall I live my life the way God intended? The answer, feed the 5,000 in your daily walk with Christ. Share what you have with others so that no one goes hungry. And all God's people said,
Let us now confess the words of our faith in the Apostles' Creed found on page five of your bulletin. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come and judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I believe it's always important, hence the caption below, to remember the context in which the Apostles' Creed was written. It was written against detractors of the faith who claimed that Jesus wasn't really human. When we say, therefore, that he was born, crucified, died, and was buried, we indeed affirm what you might call the full humanity of God. We continue with the prayers of the church. Please be seated or kneel, whichever your preference. Confident that God receives our joys and concerns, let us offer our prayers for the church, those in need, and all of creation. You gather your church together by the Holy Spirit. Inspire us to proclaim your abundant love throughout the world. Guide us in the mission of the gospel through word and deed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You cherish your creation from the smallest microbe to the largest mountain. Inspire us to better understand the intricate web of creation that you have created and help us to make decisions along the lines that will help that creation go forward. Help us be aware of all that you have created. Lord, in your mercy, Hear our prayer. You desire peace and justice in the world. Install within all societies this desire. Support the work of international peace organizations and help provide relief for those in war-torn areas. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You comfort those who are hurting. We are your arms and legs, your hands, Help us to accompany those who are alone. Help those who are sick. Provide for all who hunger and thirst. Console the bereaved. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You place us within communities for mutual support and love. Reveal yourself to us in worship, fellowship, and ministry with our neighbors. Help us to reach out to our neighbors by calling them out of isolation and into our fellowship. Provide for Queen Anne Food Bank, Helpline, and others we support, that we share your abundance with all who hunger. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. For whom or what else do the people of God pray today?
Holy God, we ask that you bless each person gathered here as well as those listening online at home. Be with them in their joys and their challenges, their sorrows and their victories. We pray especially for Kirsten, Peggy's colleague. We give thanks for the life of jazz. We pray for Bill and Janet, for Bill, for Dotsie, for the family of Dan, for Matt's mother Jeannie, for Judy, may she rest in peace. We pray for Chris and for Jackie, for the father of Athena, for Kara's friend Lena and brother Ivor, for the Ritchie family, for Richard, for Megan's friend Matthew, for John's friend, for Pat, her sister Donna, and niece Kathleen. We pray for Sally's great nephew Finley, for Kirsty, for Awatosh Mulugeta, for Jan in memory of Linda, for Jean, Richard, Barb, Denny, Hildy, Lisa, Carol, and Mary. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. You have placed before us examples of Christian living, people we have loved and continue loving, even though they have passed from our midst. Inspire us to live as they did, and we are consoled with your promise that nothing can separate us from your love, not even death. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O God, we commend all for whom we pray. In the name of the one who reconciled all creation to himself, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Please rise as you are able. The peace of Christ be with you always. Let us share a sign of that peace with our neighbor. One of the signs of vitality and health in the congregation is the length of the sharing of the peace. Well done. Please rise now as you are able for the great Thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to 
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior Jesus Christ, who on this day overcame death and the grave, and by his glorious resurrection, Open to us the way of everlasting life. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. As we prepare our hearts for this holy meal, let us pray together the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of fire, and us from evil. Kingdom, In this place of grace, all are welcome to the table of grace. If you wish to receive communion at the rail, please again be sure to use sanitizer beforehand. If you wish to be at the rail but without taking communion, as always, for a blessing, simply uh, fold your arms. For those receiving communion from the pew, I will direct you momentarily. Notice the language in our description in the bulletin about this meal as an act of sharing, again echoing the message we heard uh, earlier this morning. In the Lutheran tradition, we teach that though God in Christ fills all things, he comes to a special way in, with, and under the elements as well as through this act of sharing. Come and taste the joy of God. This is the body of Christ given for you. This is Christ's blood shed for you. You may be seated.
Please rise as you are able for our post-communion prayer. Gracious God, in you we live, move, and have our being. With your word and this meal of grace, you have nourished our life together and renewed us for life in the world. Strengthen us to show your love and serve others in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated for announcements. Good morning once more, and wonderful to see each of you here at Queen Anne Lutheran Church. If you are a visitor, we invite you to fill out a Connect card in the pew. We also have prayer cards if you wish to fill out a prayer request. Jazz on the grass and hold an evening prayer. Two exciting traditions that we've brought back since the uh, uh, end of the official pandemic. Kyle would like to share a few words about both. Yes, indeed. Rip your floats this Wednesday with Garfield Jazz. Uh, students from Garfield High School will be here. Uh, 5.30, the music will start. Uh, they'll play for about an hour. And uh, then uh, we'll have a chance to, to tear down and all that needs to happen there. And then 7 o'clock, we'll gather again for the second week in a row uh, in, the, in the back of the nave for Holden Evening Prayer. And we'll continue to gather at 7 for Holden uh, two more weeks after that. So not the final Wednesday of the month, but all the other Wednesdays this month. So 5.30, rip your floats and jazz until about 6.30 or so, 7 o'clock, Holden. Then on the 27th, Sunday the 27th, I think that's the right date, the last Sunday in August, uh, there will be another pickup choir. So keep that in the back of your mind. We'll meet at 9 o'clock uh, back in the choir gallery, uh, and then sing for the 10 o'clock service. Uh, sort of a similar vibe to how, how we uh, uh, did things last time in July. So all are welcome. Thanks. A quick word about one of the options at the Jazz on the Grass. I have made a daring purchase of an ice cream maker after being at a friend's house who made almond milk homemade ice cream without cranking uh, the wheel, and it was unbelievable. I can't promise that the almond milk ice cream I'll be serving as part of the Jazz in the Grass will be wonderful, but please pray for me and let's hope it is. Uh, we had somebody come by this week and say, uh, I'm here for the root beer floats. <laughs> I said, well, we have holding the uh, evening prayer in, in a little while, and she said, no, I'm not interested. I'm here for the floats. So let's make it big, right? Uh, we have several of our youth serving uh, uh, regular ice cream and, and root beer, uh, and then I'll be serving uh, a dairy-free alternative. We have wonderful music ahead of us, and then, of course, as Kyle said, hold an evening prayer afterward at 7 p.m., a uh, heartfelt thanks next for our pop-up chapel helpers. If you haven't had a chance yet, we invite you to go into the chapel today after worship and see the new carpeting as well as uh, the uh, refurbished, I think that's the right word, um, uh, altar and so forth in the chapel. Uh, the carpeting goes in part with the chairs that are placed in there. It really looks nice. A very special thank you to those who made this possible. Please uh, stop by and see it this morning after service. Um, depression and theology, sometimes these go together. After the uh, um, Hold an Evening Prayer, 
uh, there will be at least me going over to United Methodist Church to hear this talk. I've been told by Pastor Katie that we can be late. Uh, so if you're interested, talk with me after the service. I would certainly welcome uh, anyone uh, accompanying me. Are there any other announcements for the good of the congregation? Jim, please. Well, I can't believe it's August already. And with that comes uh, pretty, pretty soon we'll be ramping up uh, our social action activities again uh, are one of the ways in which we express God's love through service in the community. And the first thing on the agenda is just actually about a month from now, uh, and it's the ELCA uh, nationwide God's Work Our Hands activity uh, in which uh, parishes around the country will do take a day of service in the community to do something uh, to brighten people's days or to improve uh, through environmental stewardship. There are two opportunities uh, that we've identified. Uh, one uh, involves um, elderly disabled people on Queen Anne Hill. Uh, some there are occasionally, and we believe there are one or two uh, individuals now who may be at risk of eviction because they're unable to really maintain uh, the cleanliness and the order in their in their apartment or their unit, and they're subject to inspections. They could get evicted. They could become homeless. So, depending upon uh, participation uh, interest, uh, we will do that. The other option uh, is in in the area of environmental stewardship. Uh, on the same day, and the the day of service is Saturday, September 9th. Both of these activities we would do. Um, the second is uh, a uh, Golden Gardens Park work party from 9 to 12 in which we would uh, remove invasive weeds and plant trees and bushes. Um, Lisa, let, let Lisa Viershade, who's got her hand up, know if you're particularly interested in the Golden, Gar the Golden Gardens um, event. Or let me know if you're interested in either one, the Queen Anne uh, a cleanup or the environmental stewardship. And depending upon the level of interest, we can do both or we can do one. Um, so we'll be around afterwards and we'll, we'll be putting up some sign-up sheets also in coming weeks for those. Uh, secondarily, on the September 29th, I'm gonna give you the full fall schedule if you don't mind. On, the, on Friday the 29th of September, we'll be uh, serving about 40 youth or providing the food uh, for about 40 youth for dinner at New Horizons Ministries. Uh, we, need, uh, we need help on that one for preparation of various dishes. If you can help with a dish or two, please let me know. And, and uh, uh, if not, I'll be starting to get on my uh, phone and start calling people. Uh, we'll also be doing that at the end of December, on December 29th. Uh, which is a Friday, and that's a little bit, little bit better coverage on that one, but we're, we're, uh, we don't have anybody to really do anything yet that's signed up for September 29th. Uh, then uh, there is the Taste of Queen Anne. The first time in four years that the Queen Anne Helpline has had the Taste of Queen Anne is at the, at the Parish Hall at St. Anne's, in which the uh, best chefs on Queen Anne will, will prepare dinner uh, and have a big event, big community event, and raise money for the helpline. And thank you, uh, someone in the congregation purchased a table 
uh, I think it was a thousand dollar value, uh, and and uh, and we have a, uh, eight seats at that table. Uh, they're free since it's already paid for. So this should be a really really fun event. Uh, this will be on Saturday, October fourteenth. Uh, first come, first serve. Again, it's it's paid for. And finally, the last major event that we have is on the Tuesdays, the four Tuesdays in November, we will uh, be serving community uh, lunches at uh, Community Lunch on Capitol Hill, and which we've done since the mid-80s. Uh, and uh, the, the great news is that um, they have, they've hired a chef, and they've got a pretty robust staff now, so we used to actually have to do the menu Candy Mathis and others used to create a menu and become the main chef, which can be very stressful, right, Candy? It's all covered now, and uh, so it's, it's done with ease. And what you give to these folks, you really get back in return. It's really a sweet group of people. Uh, they don't serve, they, they didn't serve 5,000 as Jesus did, but uh, they served 10,000 meals last year. And when I talked to the director last week, they had served 500 that day. So it's a great great organization. Uh, so we'll be serving on the, Tuesday, the four Tuesdays in November, uh, and we'll be putting up uh, sign-up sheets uh, as the date approaches. And finally, if there's any community service that you really are interested in doing or you'd like to sponsor or spearhead uh, on behalf of the church, uh, let me know, let Lisa know, uh, or Pastor Dan. Thank you. One minor correction to the information Jim just gave. There are seven seats at the Taste of Queen Anne table. I'm taking one of them. I want seven more of us to be there to represent Queen Anne. So please consider. There are what? There are two seats. Going, if my math is right, two seats. All right. Uh, just three quick, quick things finally. First, somebody left a very or dropped a very expensive hearing aid, I believe. Uh, um, several weeks ago after church. We found it in the narthex after worship. We put a, a note out in the weekly Friday email but haven't heard uh, anything back. So if you know of somebody or if you yourself lost a hearing aid, it is uh, on the office uh, counter in a, in a basket. Next, we just signed on uh, three people for the first series of our forum calendar year, and that is going to be on artificial intelligence, looking at it from a faith perspective. So uh, please be on the lookout for that. Third and finally, thank you to everybody who made today's service possible, uh, for the counters, for our ushers, for our assisting minister, and for Ingrid, who is hosting Coffee Hour. Much gratitude for that. Please rise now as you are able for the what? For the what? prayer. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Thank you to Bill and Joan. Please rise now as you're able. Thank you. 
Our sending hymn, Let Us Talents and Tongues Employ, is number 674 in the Red Hymnal. <laughs> 